Welcome to Chunks Chats. I'm Tiffany and I started a hair clip business called Chunks out of my basement in Seattle in 2019. And I went from a one woman show to now a team of 15. This is where I chat about growing our small business, responsible manufacturing, and all the nuances in between. Today, I'm actually not talking a ton about my business, but I've had the most insane two months of my life, which I want to share with you. There's been so many ups and so many crazy downs, but this is life. And as a business owner, still something that I have to navigate through. Plus, I'm just excited to catch up with you, Tasha. Actually, (laughs) you're not Christine. I'm not Christine. Let me see if I can live up to her, like, magical music theater dust energy. You know, (laughs) you don't have to be Christine. You can just be (laughs) Tasha. Okay. And that's perfect. I am excited I get, like, a front row view to this story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild one, and it's kind of long, which is why I want to put it in a podcast, because I was like... I can't tell this story a million times. (laughs) (laughs) Just send it to all your friends. Yeah. (laughs) You want to know what's up with me? Listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the crazy things that happened over the past two months. Christine is no longer with us. I got a... Wait, it sounds like she's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Christine is very much alive, (laughs) but she's no longer with our team. She has departed our team our team (laughs) yeah and it's just one of the crazy things that's kind of happened the kind of bumps in the road i guess which really started okay let me take you back to april (laughs) some of you might know that i broke up with my husband of 10 years we have a seven-year-old together and we broke up in the beginning of april And then a week after that, our garage burned to the ground. I forgot about that part. I know. Like a week after. I mean, luckily it's like a detached garage, but it like went up in flames. And then a week after that, I moved out. And then probably a month after that, Christine, well, within the same week that Christine left, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. That being said, I've also lived in the most magic and flow that i've ever lived in my whole life and it's it's amazing yeah i'm curious to know more about that yeah so how do you find that within all the craziness i don't know where do i start (laughs) i've thought so much about how i wanted to tell this story and i was like i don't know i'm just it's gonna it's gonna have to be jumping all over the place but yeah Yeah, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Luckily, um, it's stage one, and I found it pretty early. But it it was just so wild because the day that I got diagnosed, I remember like so many weird things happening that day that I ended up just like you know I took the day off. I was like, guys, something came up. I can't Mm -hmm. make it in. And that was the day you found out. Yeah, it was like the Tuesday before Christine's last day. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, so like June 6th. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember like around noon just being on the couch, like laugh crying because a lot of weird things have been happening and just like crying obviously because this is like crazy shocking news and then laughing because I was like, oh my God, magic is fucking real. (laughs) 
It was such a confusing day. But it was also coincidentally the day, the same exact day that my mom was coming into town to visit me. And she's like my person. Mm -hmm. So I needed her there and I had her there. And um, she was able to come to my oncology appointment, which was like the very next day. And then my surgical consult the day after that. How does your mom react to stuff? Like, is she calm or is she like a worrier? She's a worrier. She's like such a worrier, (laughs) like an Asian mom worrier, a ball Mm. of anxiety. And it gives me anxiety usually. But um, but she's still like the person I'm closest to in the world. And Mm -hmm. I think when bad shit happens, her her take on it is just like you have to accept it and then figure out what to do next. Right. But there's no like how are how are you like how are you feeling really yeah none of that it's just like well it is what it is and what do we have to do let's call them let's ask them a million questions so it like Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of triggers me sometimes but i love you mom (laughs) i was really grateful that she was there but yeah it was just one of the many like weird magical like things that has happened over the past couple months i have been working a lot with psilocybin over the past year Mm -hmm. remember like it was like the second episode we did was my first like psilocybin trip yes and yeah i've just been really getting into and like feeling called to explore magic mushrooms more so i did my first trip last summer which was super powerful but it was really difficult it was mostly just like grief coming up and it was really disorienting because i hadn't i hadn't done it before so it was just like a really confusing Mm -hmm. i felt like i was kind of just tumbling down this like tunnel yeah um but even the second time i did it in february it's like oh yeah i remember you like i i got really familiar with it and it was a nicer experience and then i had a psilocybin journey a week before my diagnosis when I wasn't even worried like at that point because I was like I'm not the type to worry until I cross that bridge and I was like yeah oh, I so like you thought like you already had gotten it checked but you didn't get yes. the results yet right okay but I wasn't stressing okay I'm sorry this is gonna be really jumping around a lot but yeah I had a psilocybin journey a week before my diagnosis and a mm-hmm. week after my diagnosis mm-hmm. And they, those two journeys were the most powerful events probably in my whole life. Whoa. We'll get there. But um, first, (laughs) I want to tell you, it's really crazy because when I moved out of my apartment, I started to kind of, I don't know, just get the sense that like the universe kind of was working in my favor. Like weird things would happen. Like you know, while I was looking for apartments. Mm -hmm. So I found the apartment that I wanted. Like I found the building that I want to live in. And so I was touring apartments and um, the the leasing manager or whatever, he showed me this corner apartment and it was like nice and big. And I was like, cool, how much is this? And he was like 28 something. And you know, with like parking and dog Mm -hmm. rent and stuff, it was gonna be like 3000. I was like, I can't afford that next. And then we saw a bunch of apartments. We saw this one apartment that was like kind of a little too small, but he was like, it's like $23.50. And I was like, that's the price I want to pay. So I was like, okay, let me go home. Let me think about it and then come back. 
on Friday. And so I went back like a week later and I was like really set on that price. And when I saw him, he like printed out the sheet of listings that came up that morning. And he was like, he like double took it and was like, what? Like that corner apartment I showed you last week, that's listed at $23.50 now. And that is like a crazy price. Like I've never seen it at that price. And it just came up this morning. You need to get it like right now. And I was like, I was like, yeah. Cool. Like I was like, of course. Was that like five hundred dollars cheaper than it originally was? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. Like, oh, that's a nice surprise. But <laughs> it was just, dude. You might call it a coincidence, but I really don't believe in coincidences. I feel like I was meant to have that apartment. And so shortly after I moved in, you know, I've had a meditation practice for a while for the past like year, Mm -hmm. Um, but I added on this other layer of just calling in my guides because I was like, obviously I know you're there (laughs) and you're doing shit for me. So let me like talk to you every night. So I would like, I created this little altar in the corner of my apartment and I would call them in every night and give gratitude for you know all the great stuff and all the guidance and then I would ask for things and mostly you know I'd ask for guidance in my business protection over my finances and my health Mm -hmm. that's usually what I would focus on and then within a week of that I think Christine had started to realize that she wanted to look for another job and I also noticed a drop of blood coming out of my nipple. It was like two little drops, something that could have been easily missed. For sure, I would probably miss that. Especially if you wear like a black bra or you would you would yeah. never see it, you yeah. know? So I messaged and I still didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, that's weird. And mm-hmm. I messaged my doctor and was like, should I be concerned about this? And she was like, yes, come in like right now. And so she didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. So she was like, okay, well, why don't you go get a mammogram? So I got the mammogram and even on the mammogram, it was hard to see anything. Like they had to really look for something weird. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay, I think this is looking a little weird. Let's biopsy that. So then the biopsy, I got that. Yeah. And then the same week Christine left, I got the diagnosis a few weeks before. I mean, no, a few days before. I'm sorry. It was the same week. I got the diagnosis on Tuesday and then Christine left on Friday. What? And this I don't think I knew it was like that close together. Yeah. How did you play it so cool? I will never understand. I don't know, man. I think I've always been pretty good at dealing with stress, but like to an unhealthy degree. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, really. You kept saying that over and over. And we're all like, why are we more stressed than Tiffany? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm also, I would say, like a genuinely optimistic, low anxiety person. Yeah. I'm not one to like worry about what ifs too much, but that is such a blessing. It is a blessing. My brother and I are both like that weirdly. Yes, you guys like, are. We're low anxiety people, but mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I was still a hot, hot mess that day. Like it's mm-hmm. it's such a scary word. Yeah, and it was just such a shock because it's not in my family, and I'm 38. 
mm-hmm. and and you're like you take care of yourself I'm super fucking healthy like yeah. i eat clean i exercise. exercise like i don't know it was just so weird so on the flip side like i i don't know i couldn't stay like super uh devastated about it because i also on the same token feel like really really grateful really grateful that i caught it early yeah. Yeah. and that symptom even showed itself mm-hmm. and i fully fully believe that i was guided like divinely guided to find it and for all these things to happen i mean christine Mm -hmm. leaving was hard i do think she was meant to be with us for a year Mm -hmm. but then you know it just it came to an end and it was a lot to transition but i think like we're totally fine and honestly i couldn't afford her she was (laughs) fucking expensive (laughs) so it's like I don't know. I feel the guides were like, this is what's best right now. And also, mm-hmm. like, let me show you something serious going on with your body. I seriously, I deeply, deeply feel like they showed me. I can definitely see that. I don't know how common it is to catch it that early, but I yeah. like, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone catching it before even the doctor can, like... I know. And the only way it. it showed was that, like, somehow it came up through the duct and came out and like showed me otherwise you know like women don't get their mammograms until they're 40 and if i had mm-hmm. waited till 40 mm-hmm. i would have been fucked and that's crazy to think about i know and you know what else is crazy like a couple months ago before any of this was on my radar i actually told my therapist like so i have this weird thought that keeps popping into my head that i'm not gonna live that long and she was like, what? And I was like, uh, it's it's like, it's just something that comes up. It's not giving me any anxiety, but it's just some, it's like a thought that just pops up from time to time. And I remember telling Jeremy about it. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to live that long. You're like, you're going to live way longer than me. I feel like that thought has been with me as long as the cancer has been in my body. And it was like so crazy. Something inside of me was telling me like there's something seriously like off or wrong. Yeah. You're just like extremely in tune with your body or. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talk about this sometimes like you too. Like you, I think, are a naturally intuitive person. Like we catch a vibe. Mm -hmm. We catch a vibe, right? Like it's not so much like Christine's like computer brain, right? (laughs) But we're a little floaty. We're a little spacey because we're just like more intuitive feeling. Right. And I've learned to like really believe in intuition and really, really lean into it. And that's the gift of the past two months is And I think the psilocybin too, it's really opened me up to leaning into intuition and believing it and and knowing it and knowing it. Because I think a lot of times we, you know, listen to our intuition, but then we ignore it. Oh, yeah. We hear it, but then we ignore it, right? Because we're like, that's just a random thought. Like, It's cool that you can like listen to your intuition and believe it while also not stressing out about it. Because that's the difference. Someone like me, I would be like, I don't want to believe that because it's too stressful. Yeah. And then I just block it out. Yeah. But you're able to like... I mean, I do that with emails. With <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to open that email right now. I can't, I can't deal with it. Yeah, that email feeling is how I feel just like my own brain. 
just I don't want to think about it. It doesn't exist. I know. And that's what I would probably do if I felt like I think I'm not going to live long. I'd be like, I'm not going to think about that. Yeah, but I, I do think like I've done a lot of spiritual work in the past year and and I'm really fortunate because I think it's given me a lot of tools to deal with this like roller coaster I'm in right now. But I do deeply, deeply believe that even the bad stuff, it's all for us. Yeah. Even this diagnosis, like obviously it's going to be really hard. I have to start chemo at the end of July and that's, I haven't even started that leg of the journey, but already I'm at this place where I've wrapped my head around it. I know I'm going to come through the other side and I also, I now own it as part of my journey. And this is a, a side of that not many people get to see, but I guess I'm coming out with it right now. You know, I've done a lot of emotional work and healing and spiritual work and now this is just my opportunity and my opening to do the physical healing and go through that journey which i've never had to experience mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a wild ride i know but i feel okay with it like the first thing was like i thought about you know my family obviously i thought about you guys because we just had so many things happening like christine just left yeah um and so i didn't want to drop this on you for a while plus i just had to process it Mm -hmm. um and once i felt like we got our feet underneath ourselves and we were solid then i told you guys and even then like i feel like we've actually all gotten closer in a lot of ways in the past month i think so Instantly, like, when you told me, I felt like I understand you now. Mm. I was relieved when you told me, even though I know it was hard for you to do. Because you were saying, like, you felt bad. You didn't want to tell Shannon because she'd worry. And, like, you were feeling guilty of how it will affect other people. But for me, it made everything make sense. And also, I think we could tell that you were dealing with something, but we didn't know what it was. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because I remember the day that you said you were dealing with, like, a family emergency or something. yeah. And then you were like, you kept having doctor's appointments and stuff. Mm. So yeah, when you told me, I was like, it makes sense. And now I want to be able to help. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think even after Christine left, like Christine was all of our moms. She was our mom. (laughs) So everyone on the team just went to her when we had a problem. (laughs) But when mom leaves, we just have to deal with our own problems. And because, you know, now a lot of our team is remote, like half our core team is remote. And so um, having to like actually just directly talk to each other so much more during the week. Yeah. I think that's actually been like a blessing in disguise. Like it's helped us all. Mm -hmm. And then also just like the love and support I felt when I told you guys and just the knowing that like we got this. Which everyone on the team seems to feel very confident in that, which is good. Yeah. But I can't even imagine what it's going to be like for you. And I... uh, Yeah, I'm pretty tough, I will say. Like, when it does come to physical pain and shit, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So... Yeah. I know it'll suck. Yeah, there's just a lot of weird bummers bummers about it like my ovaries are gonna age 10 years which is like (laughs) 
okay. <laughs> and, you know, also like the major side effects are fatigue, nausea, hair loss, which I'm just... That's a big one. Planning for the worst because I can't, you know, I'm just planning for the worst. Which remember last year, I went through that period of intense like hair shedding. Yes. And I was stressed about it. Yes. I was fucking stressed. And now I'm like, well, I'll get over that. <laughs> I was just editing the episode with Kristen and you were talking about your hair mm-hmm. and like how it's the only feminine part of you and like you feel more comfortable when your hair is long and all of that. And I was listening to it and I was like, oh my God. Stop talking about it. I know. I know. It was, it's an attachment though, because it's not true, you know? Right. So it's like, well, I'll get over that. It's fine. Yeah. And um, I'm sure you'll come out better for it in the end, Mm -hmm. but it will be a journey for sure. Yeah. Well, treatment is every three weeks for six rounds. So it'll be about five months of chemo and then possibly, probably surgery, probably radiation. And, there's a lot of other stuff that I won't go into details with, but I got to prepare myself for the worst. Like we're talking like mastectomy, all of it, even though it's stage one, it's like every cancer is different. And because mine tracks up actually like the cancer part is small, but it actually tracks up like through my nipple. It's actually like five centimeters. And so it's like, okay, I just have to accept whatever comes and I don't know. Just get through it, which I know I can. I know you can too. So the highs of this past two months, though, have just been obviously just my increasing connection to my intuition, Mm -hmm. to my guides, to believing, to deeply knowing that the universe has my fucking back. You know, we hear people say that and it's like, that's that's nice. but Yeah. Everything works out. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> but I deeply know that now. Yeah. I do. I do. And a lot of it has to do with actually the journeys that I've been on recently. I have just been felt really called to explore psilocybin. There's something about that experience that really resonates with me. It gives you this like deep understanding of yourself and what knowing is. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of our anxieties come from maybe intellectually knowing something and not feeling aligned with what you're doing or like just unsure, just unsure of things. Yeah. But psilocybin for me has taught me what like deep knowing actually feels like, which is like, it's such a fucking cool experience. So I went on this journey a week before I got my diagnosis and... (laughs) I'm kind of hesitant to tell you because it sounds so insane. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I'm Just ready. keep your mind open. Just keep your mind open. <laughs> now I'm nervous. <laughs> okay. So I go into this journey. I don't remember all of it because I've been really shitty about like journaling afterwards and remembering. But the two biggest things that happened was at a certain point, I'm, I'm experiencing this and I'm, I've gotten really good at navigating it. So I'm always still there. Like my awareness as me, 
who I am right now is always like in the back of my head, kind of like mm-hmm. watching and experiencing mm-hmm. and navigating through. So like when something crazy happens, you know, like this is crazy. I know. Okay. I know. And sometimes like my body will be moving around. Like psilocybin for me is a very physical, is a very somatic experience. So my body will be like moving around on its own and yeah like it looks like i'm having a psychotic break but i'm in the back of my head like this shit looks crazy no do you film yourself (laughs) i need to i really need to so yeah i'm like literally like my whole body is moving like i'm like in bed just looking insane yeah but i know i'm not because i'm still like there yeah and at one point this other like version of me comes in to this experience and i know it's me but it's like a elevated it's like a wiser me mm-hmm. and so then we start engaging and then after a certain like we go on to like full conversations about things like i'm asking her things and she's telling me things and then at a certain point this other energy comes in and it's like a big one it's like i still don't know what it is but it like channeled through my body and it was definitely feminine but it was like a really powerful energy yeah that came in and it was moving my body and it was like in me and so the three of us were there and i was like who are you and they'd be like you're me i'm you you're me she's her i'm you you're me and it like all became this like crazy what I now know to be an ego death. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Where you just, you know, we're so cemented to our egos. And so, yeah, I mean, even after I came out of the experience, like I cried, like I grieved. I was grieving something and I I realized it was like that death. So after the ego death happened, then that really powerful energy, she, what I can only describe to be like, an initiation she like initiated me she told me that i was a weaver which is really crazy because i have always been a really crafty kid yeah and like my earliest like i don't have a lot of childhood memories but like i have these very very vivid memories of like weaving everything having to do with like yarn and like under over under over like weaving really yeah and like i even though i'll go stretches i'll go like a decade without doing it but it always comes back into my life it always like i did it for a year before i started chunks i remember the thing that's on your wall Mm -hmm. that's like weaving yeah and i always gravitate like if i see it in a museum or if i see it in a store it's something that i always gravitate towards and it told me like i was a weaver but not just in art it was saying like you've been a weaver in lifetimes and that you're not just a weaver with art like you're a weaver in in life like that's what you do is you know how to pull threads together and make something really beautiful and i was like oh yeah (laughs) and i'm still there i'm just like listening to me like oh shit you're right (laughs) (laughs) And and she was like okay like now you know who you are now it's like time to be who you are and do your work a weaver (laughs) it's time to weave (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah 
<laughs> not necessarily literally, but like, you know, <laughs> metaphorically in life. Like that's how I approach life. Yeah. And I really do. I really do see things of like, how can I weave this into this and make it yeah. more interesting, make it more textured, mm-hmm. you know? And it just made such <laughs> deep sense to me. And and it was like a really, really powerful, like I remember coming out of the experience being like, holy shit, I'm going to remember this day for the rest of my life. Because I can't even tell you to the degree of like how deeply you feel it. I've never felt something that deeply in my life. That's wild. Yeah. And it just stays with you like forever, that feeling. No, the feeling doesn't stay with you forever. Like I think I know that I had that feeling and I believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a glow that happens right after you come out and it lasted for like a week like Mm. for a week after that i could still hear like the voice of like the wiser me and she was always there like normally if i was walking down the street and if i make like a quick judgment about somebody that wiser me would be like really that wiser me would be like you know that's not cool and that's none (laughs) of your business like just checking me and i and like chilling me out a little bit and like I was just in this glow, like nothing could ruin my day. Nothing could bother me. Like I was just like, cool. Like, you know, I have all this transition stuff that Christine, cause that was like in the start yeah. of her uh, leaving. And I remember just being like, cool, this is so fun. <laughs> and I was just like in a glow for a week because you have this new perspective about things yeah and you're just like it's not that serious like there's beauty and everything like it just gives you such a beautiful outlook on things and then it starts to like kind of fade it kind of fades yeah I notice it fades quicker when you drink when I drink it like goes away yeah but yeah the glow is real and it's it's just a lovely headspace to be in but you know it slowly fades because we're human mm-hmm. and we have these this limitation of a human brain but it was nice it was nice to be in that space because literally a week after that i got the diagnosis and i was like so had it faded by then yeah <laughs> well it ended it ended then <laughs> And that's why you went again, right? Well, yeah. So like, a week okay. after that, I I did it again because I I just had such a powerful experience, and I was in the midst of that roller coaster, and I was like, I need a little perspective again, and I also need to just like seek some answers. I think I was definitely looking for answers, like why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did this happen? Where did this come from? Yeah. And so I went on that second journey. It was just like a Sunday, and I was like, cool, like. I'll do this. I'll ask where the shit came from. <laughs> Didn't think much. I mean, you know, every time I do it, I get a little nervous. It's not like, it's not addictive, you know, yeah. because even though I have really um, deep, profound moments, it's it's hard. It's like therapy. It's hard. It's yeah. hard work. And it makes me nervous every time. Mm-hmm. So I went into that journey and it actually told me that the cancer started when I cut my dad off last year really yeah because my dad and I have always had this like really tumultuous relationship but then last year we had this big falling out and I was just like I'm done 
I'm Mm -hmm. done. But it was like really traumatic the way that it happened. It was like really heartbreaking and traumatic and stressful for me. Mm -hmm. Thinking back, that might have been why I started like shed my hair started shedding. I don't the timeline fits, but I think because I'm so used to just like bearing stress, like I buried it too deep. And I do really believe like cancer can be genetic. It can be environmental. It could also be energetic um, because we hold a lot of shit in our bodies. And we're starting to understand that. Mm -hmm. Like we hold stuff in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like a really, really, really difficult time for me. And I just buried it too hard. You know, we'll never know. We'll never know where it came from. But I think the medicine always shows you what in your life you need to fix so it like took me it showed me that it was like it started when you severed your connection with your father and then it took me on this like journey of divine masculine because divine mass like a healthy divine masculine figure i've never really had and like it just took me on this journey and it showed me and it made me feel deeply what divine masculine was and i it's hard to even describe because it just shows you in these ways that you can't even say in words it's it shows you it makes you feel it it makes you it puts you in that person's place like Mm -hmm. it's an indescribable experience but it showed me what divine masculine was it took me on this like crazy crazy journey but what i will say i think the energy like divine masculine is like it's really strong and it's like that strength of like i got you like i got you yeah i got you you know and Mm -hmm. it fucking took me to like egypt Mm -hmm. i had an indian wedding it was it was so crazy it's so crazy (laughs) (laughs) i'm like like, i don't know if i believe you no i definitely believe you i mean i've heard stories like this before and it always makes me curious like part of me wants to try it eventually yeah i'm just too scared yeah (laughs) it's definitely like not for the faint of heart i've Mm -hmm. always been a little bit like fearless with shit like this yeah (laughs) yeah so i'm like cool let's go yeah um but i know for most people it's it is scary yeah but it like it took me to Egypt. Like it showed me at one point it was like, and it was moving my arm all on its own. Like it was like moving my whole body. Again, like every time I t- do psilocybin. Oh, that would freak me out. I think it's cool. I would hate that. <laughs> I would hate that. I think it's cool. Like it does a lot of kind of like stuff on its own. And I'm still back there like, cool, <laughs> okay. you do you. You do you. <laughs> I'm just like what if your like your thought in the background what mm-hmm. if you told it to stop could you like stop yeah, moving I could stop it okay yeah so but I like let it could, okay I let it you because, still can control yourself mm-hmm, yeah yeah I just let it come through because mm. I'm not scared of it I see yeah and so the way that it took me to Egypt was at one point this like masculine energy it showed me this like trapezoid figure <laughs> and I was like okay cool and then it like took me to egypt and it was like showing me all the pyramids because all the pyramids are like stacked trapezoids even the ones in mexico and the ones in egypt Mm -hmm. and it was like this is a masculine shape 
all the pyramids. They were, and I don't know this, I haven't fact checked any of this, <laughs> but this is what it told me. It was like, these pyramids were in honor of the divine masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also showed me how the divine feminine, the relationship between the two and the dynamic, like the divine feminine is always there. And then, and they protect each other and they hold each other and they allow each other to be. And so then like this huge wave of like divine masculine energy like came up through my chest and I like, it like pulled me up from the bed and like held me there for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining, okay. (laughs) Like held me and I felt it. I like felt it so deeply and it was like, when a divine masculine energy can hold you so strong, it uh, it also allows the divine feminine to to be in her fullest form. And then I felt this like ray of like energy and light come out of my left side, which is your yin side, your feminine side, and your right side is your masculine. Mm. My cancer presented in the right side on my masculine. Oh. It's a masculine wound Whoa. on my right side. Um, Does that mean anything? Because it started from, like, me cutting off from my dad. So that's a connection Mm -hmm. I made. Whether that's true or not, I believe it. Um, I mean, if it makes sense to you. I just feel that way about, like, what spiritual beliefs in general or religious beliefs. Like, if it makes sense to you, you should believe it. (laughs) I mean, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. I know. I'm still kind of in that phase of, like, I know this sounds crazy, but I deeply feel it to be true yeah so then it the divine uh, masculine energy i was feeling it like allowed this like divine feminine to come out and it was like i was like my left side of my body was like doing this dance in bed and then um and then it was like it became this beautiful union of the two and then it turned into this bollywood movie yeah like a bollywood wedding and i was sitting there i was like watching like eating my popcorn like oh shit what's (laughs) happening next and it's like this white ballroom and at first i'm this indian man and this indian woman is like there and she's being all coy and then i become the woman and i bust out in a full i'm not even kidding tasha i bust out in this full bollywood choreo while i'm laying in bed and I shit you not, like, it was, like, professional, like, professional choreo. Uh, to, no. Yes, yes. I wish I had taped this because. Can you record next time? Yes. I <sighs> because I swear to God, I was, like, I was, like, in the back of my head, I was, like, oh, shit. Like, this is, this is good. Like, how do I know how to do this? I swear to God, I was like, this shit looks good. I know it looks good. But I feel like, I feel like even just when you're drinking, like you think yeah, you're you dancing think it looks, looks good. good and but you're I'm so not convinced. But I'm not, I feel like I'm lucid though. Like mm. I know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? You know, even you, when you're drunk, you like know you're drunk. Yeah. You know, but I, I swear it's like you're in another world, but you're still sharp. You're still lucid and mm-hmm. you still like know what you're doing. And so I'm just doing this full Bollywood dance while I'm laying in bed and like super happy. I I understand what an Indian Indian wedding is, like the the joy, the celebration of a union. 
of like man and woman mm-hmm. now was in me and I was celebrating it <laughs> and then this was like the peak I was like kind of coming down so I started to kind of get up but I was still in this Indian wedding and I was like I became like a party goer and I was like celebrating and I was dancing around my living room and I was like so fucking happy and I was like just so joyful about celebrating this union <laughs> I don't know and um I came out out of that and I was like glowing, but I also had to think deeply about what it told me about the cancer and my dad and Mm -hmm. our relationship. And so I texted him actually because ever since he found out that I had cancer, because I didn't tell him, but my him and my brother still talk. And so my brother told him. Mm -hmm. And then ever since he found out, he's been like texting me just like, sending me a lot of love like i could tell it was like whatever happened happened but like oh my god like i love you i'm thinking about you Mm -hmm. i want to come visit you but i'll stay at a hotel so i don't bother you like just like giving me a lot of love and Mm -hmm. so i texted him after i came out of that journey and i was like dad i think this cancer started when i closed my heart to you and it's open again and you're welcome to my home and my heart anytime and this was all through text but i could feel like for the first time probably in his life he's he was like speechless and like i could feel him being really really emotional about it yeah even over text Mm -hmm. and so it just started kind of our healing journey that's amazing yeah so have you seen him yet no, he's going to come in August-ish. He's, like, taking a real estate class right now. So he's going to come after that. But, you know, we, like, text every day. And really? it's been really nice because I'm very much like my dad. And that's something I always didn't like about myself, I guess, because we yeah. always had this really hard relationship. Mm-hmm. And now in this kind of new chapter of our relationship it's given me gratitude that I am like him because I'm also seeing the beautiful things in him too you know he's had a lot of trauma and he he's definitely not perfect Mm -hmm. but it's like I am who I am because I'm my father's daughter for Mm -hmm. sure like my mom and my brother are very similar and me and my dad are are very similar and I'm like starting to feel gratitude about that mm-hmm. and i think that's healing because i'm i'm in a certain way accepting myself more and i'm also yeah. accepting him more even with his flaws and repairing our relationship that's amazing i feel like father-daughter relationships always make me emotional i don't know why <laughs> they're tough but i feel like when they're special they're like so special mm-hmm. and it's like even if they're not special it still makes me emotional because it's like i don't know just the thought of like how that affects both parties it just it means so much whether it's good or bad it means a lot yeah yeah there's that's like the one thing that always makes me cry actually it's father-daughter dances at weddings really i cry every time Whether I know, like, the father and daughter, like, have a good relationship or if I know, like, they don't mm. and they're just doing the dance, yeah, I cry every time. <laughs> but I think I can see what you mean by, like, you're finding peace mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. 
and I think the fact that you and your dad are repairing your relationship probably has a big part in that yeah that and also I feel like it's I do feel divinely guided because there's no way in hell all this shit is happening at once. Like, okay, I get yeah. the I get the message, universe. She but gets it. <laughs> okay. Are you listening? <laughs> but also, like, I'm just so much more open. I'm so much more open to my intuition. And then also there's nothing like cancer or a big health crisis to really give you perspective yeah. on how you live your life and what you want to do i'm sure and those kind of things like they bring people together more than anything else also yeah which is an unfortunate reason to like bring people together but in the end i feel like it can be beautiful yeah there's always beauty that can come out of a shit storm it's just whether you choose to see it or not Mm -hmm. and i deeply choose to see it and believe it and lean into it and also see okay where are you guiding me then like obviously you are giving me all these challenges right now because i'm supposed to go in a different direction and Mm -hmm. like and that's not to say you know i'm not leaving chunks anytime soon or nothing upturning on that end I'm still here, but it's just like, okay, maybe my mission is a little different or maybe yeah. I have to explore, you know, working with psilocybin more, uh, you know, on the side, mm-hmm. but just, it's just guiding me towards living a more aligned life. Yeah. I just, I deeply want to share the experiences I've had mm-hmm. and I feel like I really, really resonate with this medicine and and yeah but it's not for everyone like it is a deeply scary thought to like have this kind of crazy experience and so if you're not feeling it don't fucking do it don't do it (laughs) (laughs) but if you're curious about you know the nature of our minds exploring consciousness or just healing and you think it's worth it then you can dm me You can DM me. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been a time. It's been a time. It has been such a time. That's a lot in three months. Yeah. I mean, three months is also a long time. I feel like it's just been a month. I feel like all this shit just hit the fan in the past month, but it's actually been been three months. Yeah, because you haven't really had, like, a chance to breathe yet. So I'm sure the time has gone, like, Yeah, I feel like April, I really didn't have time to breathe because, I don't know, I was, like, physically having to, like, move and pack and find an apartment and unpack and... Mm -hmm. Do you plan on, like, sharing the journey on social media and keeping people up to date? Yeah, I've thought about that, too. I think so. I mean... I don't mind like I'm a pretty open book it's not like I I don't really feel like it's a need to keep things private Mm -hmm. it's just more sometimes like I don't really feel like it (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know me I'm like "Eh, not today (laughs) (laughs) but I do I do want to share especially because I own a hair clip company and now I'm not gonna have any hair 
And I don't think I'm a wig person. We'll see. But I think I'm just going to be a scarf lady. I like that. I love a headscarf. Yeah. I can do some you clips. Put I can do some line slides. Lines on your scarf. Cute little white scarf with some slides. I love that. I'm just always self more self-conscious in a wig because I feel like they always look fake. You know? I think there's really good ones, but they're probably expensive. Yeah. And it's like summer. It's going to be hot. Yeah. I've seen some good wigs, actually. The ones where they, like, almost have, like, oh, this yeah. skin-looking thing. Yeah, they, like, glue it yeah. to your head. Like, it's, like, they seamless. They look so good. Yeah, that shit. That's a lot of work. But at least <laughs> I it's can barely, I can barely brush my hair in the morning. <laughs> like, <I can't. laughs> We're going to change directions. We're going to be a hair scarf company. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> We're pivoting. And wigs. And wigs. <laughs> wigs and scarves. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like it will make sense to share here and there because it is yeah. so relevant to being a hair accessory yeah. business. Anyway. Anyway. I'm feeling okay. Like I'm feeling, does it feel weird when I come into the warehouse and I'm like in a good mood? Uh, I feel like I've been in a very good mood. I don't, I, I'm always just impressed. I'm like, I would not be able to do that. <laughs> And that's why when you say that you are at peace, I truly believe you. Because <laughs> the way you can, like, show up and be, like, present in a conversation, be in a good mood, that would be hard for me. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard for the first, like, two weeks because I would forget about it. I would forget and then, like, have a good conversation and things would feel normal. Uh-huh. And then I'd be like, but I fucking yeah. have cancer. Like, it was it was such a roller coaster. And, and I've started to talk to other people who um, have gone through this and they say the same thing which is actually really reassuring is like the scariest part of it is like just the emotional roller coaster Mm -hmm. and the uncertainty of everything Mm -hmm. that's when you should be so grateful that you're not anxiety prone i know (laughs) like if anyone can handle it it's you i know i feel blessed not stressed (laughs) (laughs) even after that hour-long story of everything you've been through she's not stressed (laughs) dude because it's like i can't even tell you the mental leaps i've made just with my journeys and my guides that Mm -hmm. i'm like so over the moon about those things that i'm like oh yeah and i have cancer but like (laughs) Oh my gosh, like all this cool stuff has been happening. And the cancer is still real and it's still something crazy I have to deal with. And I'm sure there's going to be days where I feel really, really shitty about it. But for right now, I'm feeling good and excited. And I'm just going to take it one day at a time. I think that's amazing. And watch a lot of love reality shows. Oh, yes. (laughs) Nothing passes the time like a love reality show. But I also just, I think it's amazing to hear how you can be positive through all of this because for anyone listening including myself like i think it's a good reminder that like your mindset really is Mm -hmm. like the biggest thing i always tell myself that and it's harder to do yeah than it is to say i know but like if you truly believe it you can choose to make the best out of totally just about anything even the doctors like even the doctor's office it's not like physical things i can do right Mm because that'll take its course but they're like the most important thing is your mindset is your attitude and it's like empowering to really believe that that like 
no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, if I can choose to be positive about it, like I'll be fine. So it's a good reminder. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tasha. Thanks for the update. I've been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> and now we're going to send it to everyone on the Chunks team so they can <laughs> get the 411. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'll be sharing, I'm sure, on Chunks feed once in a while, on the Instagram yeah. feed once in a while, on my personal feed once in a while, which I've been kind of quiet on that front just because of life. But mm. I'll be back. So if you like this episode... Please write and review and subscribe. I'll continually share, you know, my my life and work stuff with you. And if you can rate and review every episode, it really helps us out. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at chunks.shop. Again, send me a DM if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about. If you want to talk about mushrooms <laughs> or uh, cancer or whatever else. Okay, until next time, bye. Bye.